thingies this is darwin from darwin's deviations and uh, uh um what what was the line again oh no you ruined it what kind of a man are you you can't even make a short clip shut up darwin why are we even doing this because we're desperate you're listening to pods like us wow, what is their show even like i don't know does anybody even listen to them we all just want to mooch off the free marketing but uh, I hope I don't regret associating with them. No worries, Darwin. They'll be the ones regretting it. Pods like us won't let me cuss, but if you want profanity, check out my depravity. Um, Darwin, that sucks. Shut up. Hello and welcome to Pods Like Us. I'm Martin Quibell, known to my friends as Marv, and this time I'm talking with the incredibly talented host and creator of The Night's End, Mr. James Barnett, otherwise known as Jimmy Horrors. Hey Jimmy, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, how about you? Doing fine, thanks very much. Thanks for chatting with me today. No worries. Glad to be here. So am I. So how were you first introduced to podcasting then, Jimmy? Uh, it's it's sort of been a bit of a recent thing for me. I'm well behind the times with podcasting. Um, probably going back only oh, a couple of years, maybe. I had a really long commute and I sort of had to go across the city from the east to the west uh, in my state in Australia. And um, so the drive, you know, it would take on a good day, an hour and a half. But as we know, traffic is bad. <laughs> There's too yeah. many people. So, yeah, often it would take me two and a half hours to drive to work. And um, so it's quite an amount of time to be driving so I sort of was looking for something to keep myself entertained and I love music so uh, I started off with music and you're just getting right into that but then I realized that I wasn't reading as much anymore and as a writer we all know that if you don't read that's a bit of big no-no so I'm like okay maybe I'll move to audiobooks so I sort of moved um, onto audiobooks and but I, after a while, I found that a bit uh, tiring, just the same voice, like 
for 17 hours, you know, sort of. Uh, so I moved on. So then uh, a lot of people uh, at my workplace were talking about podcasts and this sort of thing. And I actually stumbled across the app on my iPhone. And I actually thought it for the longest time that I had to pay for it if I clicked on the shows. <laughs> so I'd sort of scroll through and I'm like, oh, okay, okay. But there, uh, yeah, someone set me straight and told me that's a great place to go to find lots of creatives. And yeah, once I found it, it was great because it just broke up that commute. You know, I found shows that would have, you know, 15 to 20 minute episodes and, you know, it took away a lot of that, uh, just how not bored I would get of audiobooks, but, you know, it just would break it up. Yeah, I was actually going to get to that uh... Because I've, I've got on my notes about audiobooks. So, um, yeah, audiobooks, sometimes they're a bit, um, like you said, one person just speaking and telling the story and everything. And uh, so, were you inspired by that to create your own show then? Is it sort of along those lines? In a sense, it's like an audio uh, short story mm-hmm. but with sound effects and voices and. Uh, is taking that to the next level. Yeah. So audiobooks has always been the thing that I've been into. Um, and just as a kid, I would listen to heaps uh, as well as reading. But yeah, audiobooks, especially ones that would add little effects and, and everything and little bits of music. And that just, I felt, took it to the next level. But when I first uh, started listening to podcasts, there was one in particular uh, called The Other Stories. And uh, it's a bunch of English guys and they started it as a sort of an experiment to, they would just write these short stories and, and narrate them. And that's sort of how they started. And, and I just found it great. Like they would have, you know, their own sort of, it was just, it was straight narration, but they would have some effects in there. And that definitely, that was my biggest inspiration for the show. Um and for I, I just devoured their show. They had, at that stage, I think they'd been going for three and a half years or something like that. So they had a huge back catalogue. And I just teared through that. And um, I, yeah, that definitely inspired me. And I'm like, mate, like, this is something maybe I want to do. And uh, another reason for starting the show was to connect with other writers because I've always wanted to be a writer. Uh, and be a novelist it's you know it's the great dream of a writer to have a published novel and uh just with you know chasing the dollar we get into careers that we might not necessarily want so i was in quite a uh, i still am in quite a good job but i felt that my creative side was uh lacking and i just wasn't writing anymore i wasn't really reading so yeah their show sort of and others, but there's particularly sort of inspired me. And I'm like, maybe this is something that I can do. Maybe this is how I can, you know, find other writers, find other creatives and, you know, just get back into it. And, and yeah, it just evolved from there. And I just started playing around. And But that was definitely my biggest inspiration. That's cool. So you've got a history in story writing. Have you, have you been published yet? I have, yeah, just some short stories, some poetry. Uh, I've sort of only uh, started submitting my my own work uh, over the past couple or about a year and a half now. Uh, I'm actually an editor for a magazine at my uni and stuff like that. So I've got fingers in many pies and it all takes up 
a lot of time. So my, my, my writing is actually sort of lacking a bit at the moment because I spend so much time on the show and just other, you know, creative projects. But um, yeah, my, because uh, yeah, I woke up at, you know, 31 or 32 and I'm like, I really need to do something about this. If I'm serious about being creative, I need to do something now. And I, I wrote a short story at that point. And I put it in the drawer and I read it back a couple of weeks later. And I'm like, this is really bad. It's been such a long time since I've written. And I'm like, I used to get a lot of compliments from my teachers and stuff when I was younger. And I'm like, maybe there's something I can do to help teach myself. Or, And I don't know how I came across it. But, yeah, there was a creative writing degree going on. And I'm like, yeah, why not go for it? So I've been doing that the past couple of years. And I've almost finished that. And... I'd like to think that my writing skill has gone up since then and you know, I've been published a few times since then. So once I've finished my degree, it'll definitely give me more time for my writing. I've got a couple of novels that I'm writing at the moment. I've also got an audio drama, like a full cast audio drama that I'm writing at the moment, a horror one, which, wow. um, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 going to take a lot of people to do it. So I don't know if it'll ever come to fruition, but it's definitely something I'm working on. Well, that skips ahead to something I was going to get to actually later on. Yeah, where... sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's okay. That's fine. It's fine. It's it's a natural conversation. So because you you've mentioned about uh, doing the audio drama and the different voices you've you've gone that way with your own show where initially you started just as yourself but you've started to integrate other mm-hmm. people as well so it's so it's just a it's like a natural progression then that you're going to go from that to doing this audio drama so you're going to be utilizing the same people in that uh it depends how long i take to write this thing it, it, some of the people that have gotten involved are very talented guys and girls like that. And they're just such lovely people. Uh, and I just came across it by accident. I just, so the first season I narrated all of myself, I think my wife is featured in episode two, but I think that's the only other person in the podcast in season one. And, you know, I would always listen back to my own episodes a few times and just try and find sort of the imperfections, what could be done better, take notes, you know, all that sort of thing. And um, one thing I sort of found, I'm like, well, you know, like I'm sort of sick of hearing my own voice. So, and I know other podcasts use other narrators and I was like, oh, how hard would that be to, you know, sort of to organize, to have other people and, I was like, whatever. So I advertised on Instagram. I sent a post out there and and got some bites from that. But there was actually one um, podcast that he had actually thrown out something similar, I think, three weeks before. And he started um, a group, a group of people for just voice actors, essentially, just trying to get exposure and, and stuff like that. So he added me to this group. And, you know, there's a whole bunch of people like very generous people in there and uh, a lot of them have just yeah really taken these uh, parts that I'm that I've written for my intros and and even the narration for some of the episodes and really just gone with it it's just they're very talented people very talented and I just think it really adds a lot of diversity adds a little bit a little bit of diversity to the to the podcast my wife for some reason she doesn't like it too much uh, having all the other people but 
I, I think it's a very good addition. It's um, it's sort of um, goes. It's similar to, you know, when 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 people read read stories to the children and they make voices up. It's sort of an expansion of that, really. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I try to do other voices and I'm getting better slowly. You know, when I first started, I recorded myself and listened back to myself. I'm like, man, that's really bad. So you sort of, you, I do sometimes it, it's, it makes me feel a little bit crazy sometimes, but I'll sit there with the microphone and I just play around with voices and, and things like that and just try and change it. And especially with the, my Australian accent, it's really, I don't know. I just find it really hard to do other voices, but you know, it's good to have other people there and these other people are just, uh, they come back to me with their recordings so quickly. It's just been great. And that's why with the second season, I don't know how much of the second season you've listened to, but I really tried to ramp up the story and the intros, just adding in a whole bunch of characters, adding in this sort of subplot um, before the actual, you know, the stories that of these authors I'm adding in, so that's going to, you know, come to a head. And, and I, one of my goals is to eventually just have one full episode of just this, this story. But, yeah, I have a lot of fun writing those scripts. And it's good practice for the, the full audio drama that I'm writing at the moment. You're not the only person that's doing this thing with the voices. I mean, no. uh, I was talking to somebody, uh, Darwin's Deviations. I don't know if you know that one. No. Uh, but they, uh, he... He's, he's, uh, I've been chatting with him online. He, he's a bit, uh, bit embarrassed because he's Bosnian and he's from Bosnia. Here, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm giving away, he, he likes the anonymity, but now I've just given that away. Um, but <laughs> he, he was saying that he makes up voices and characters because it makes him feel better doing the show that he does. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating show. He talks about strange creatures, you know, like blobby forms that are creatures but people didn't know where and like you know insects and really weird and and it's all about it it's almost like creatures that shouldn't exist but they do all right sounds interesting and he he has the same thing where he has these Mm -hmm. different characters uh, and and he'll he'll go off and he'll start talking about it and then and then suddenly one of the characters will pick him up on something and say, have you really, have you really, um, and it's almost like breaking the fourth wall <laughs> that, that he does it with, you know, because they'll say, have you actually, um, have you actually researched this properly or, or uh, not? Yeah. you know, and then they'll, you know, and it's, he's, he's, he's got all these characters talking to him and, and he says that, you know, it's weird in a way because technically he's talking to himself. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's something I've grabbed onto recently with your show and with his show, with this thing of people having different characters, like you've got different characters in your show. And I find that fascinating how you introduce, how you introduce your show that way. Mm-hmm. And then you go into the story and, and uh, you, you have a very good American accent, by the way. I oh, think. do I? I uh, I've had a couple of people say, oh, it's not very good. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I really tried hard with the most recent uh, episode. Yeah. The American accent. But um, yeah, no, but then I'm a Brit, so what would I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've tried a, a British accent, and it's not very good. <laughs> but yeah, I just keep working on those things in private, you know. 
So did you start reading from a really young age then and just got addicted to reading? Oh, yeah, I did. Um, my mum was a, well, is a massive reader and she just introduced me. I originally started um, as a massive fantasy fan. Uh, she introduced me to, you know, like um, J.R. Tolkien, you know, The Hobbit. Like I was reading The Hobbit and Raymond Feist. Uh, magician magician is uh, it's really hard like there's so many books that I love and I just always go back to that book Raymond E. Feist magician it's it just yeah it was escapism as it's at its finest when I was a a young kid and you just you know you want to be this little magician like this little kid that you know grows up and becomes a, a magician it was just amazing but yeah I really I started off as a as a fantasy fan and and um, then I got onto the horror stuff, like you know, R.L. Stein Goosebumps, like that was I would devour them, like. <laughs> and then I one day my I, I had all of them, and one day my auntie read one of them while we we're in the car because she was that bored. We we're on a road trip or something, and um, she said to my mum, "Have you read one of these before?" And my mum's like, "No, no, like why?" She's like, "I don't know if it's suitable." And so I sort of got. Um, banned from reading them for a couple of months and and I was oh, I hated it I hated it so much so and I just begged my mum that much that she eventually just caved and gave them back to me which was great because <laughs> but uh yeah so that was my introduction to sort of the horror the horror stuff and from there I moved on to uh Christopher Pike and his Spooksville series and then he had some young adult books so I sort of grew up and read his stuff and he has a whole I think it's called The Last Vampire series and then from there I moved to Anne Rice and Anne Rice is just a whole nother thing but yeah and that's just how I really ran with horror and just ever since then and my grandmother showing me the evil dead at an age that was far too young I've just been obsessed (laughs) as it goes with all the massive horror fans you'll there's always an instance where someone has shown them a movie when they've been way too young yeah I remember I watched the evil dead for the first time when I was about 13 I think were you scared that was probably too young (laughs) oh man yeah um yeah, but the the thing is about those those films. I mean, you you find it with all the Raimi films where there's a really great amount of humour thrown I in know. there for good measure. He has so I know, much I know. Hu- I, this is humour so in his films. They are. Yeah. And Bruce Campbell is yeah. is is the perfect actor for Sam Raimi to use oh, in his 100%. films as well. But yeah, there's so much humour in it. But when I watched it as a young kid, it was the most terrifying thing, uh, especially when my grandmother would tell me all these ghost stories and and everything. Uh, so, so she'd tell me these ghost stories, show me these. She wasn't a very good influence, I suppose. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I'm I, just thinking I think, that. Yeah, I think I was under ten when I watched it, and yeah, but uh, here I am, and I love it. All this stuff more than ever. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to go off on a bit of a tangent here and just say that it's it's interesting now. You know, going out of storybooks, but going into films, horror films. Mm. Like you find you find certain directors who work with certain actors. So, like I said, you know, you you'll find Sam Raimi works with Bruce Campbell almost exclusively, mm. 
And you find the same with John Carpenter back in the day used to use um, Jamie Lee Curtis and Kurt Russell quite a lot yeah. as well. Oh, Halloween. That is just a flawless movie. I love my horror movies too, by the yeah. way. And that and that is sort of like I wanted to bring the atmosphere of, of cinema, you know, to my podcast. And that's why maybe sometimes, I don't know, you, some people may say that I use a, a bit too much atmosphere, like the drones and the, the music. And But I just love it. I love creating this whole atmosphere and layering the effects. And But yeah, like I'm a massive cinema fan and I wanted to, you know, get into filmmaking, but I don't know. It just, it seemed so hard. So, but writing was a, was, was what I settled on and, and my, and I love it. But um, yeah, cinema, especially horror cinema, such a history there. Like you just, you go on to any podcasting platform and there are hundreds and thousands of people that just talk about horror films because it's such a, it's just, yeah, enamors people. Yeah, and I do think that there's a very much a theatricality to your to your show. I, I will say, with all the sound effects, and uh, I, I don't know if you've read, but I think I've mentioned in my blog about listening to shows. I think I've mentioned in yours about the fact that I love the the sound effects and the, mm. the sort of eerie music in the background, and yeah, the, the voices that you put on to the characters, and I, I think it does exactly what you want what you're wanting it to do oh, in yeah providing that almost cinematic um, feel to it yeah well that was a one main difference that i wanted to have with my show all the you know the narrated stories uh, podcasts they sort of just their whole thing is minimal uh, like minimalism you know we read it as it's intended and and everything, but I wanted to just go sort of a bit larger than life with it and just, and try not to have it be too distracting. But um, yeah, a lot of people will just, a lot of these podcasts would just go do minimal effects, like just like a drone through the whole story or whatever. But I try to like have shifting transitions with the music and the drones. And, but that was how I wanted to make, you know, the night sense unique that coupled with the intro stories. Cause I think just adding that personality yeah. of Jimmy horrors uh, was, I think that that really bolsters up the show a bit. Like in the first season, I, <laughs> I wasn't spending as much time on those intros and, and that's, I really regret that. And I wish I could go back and change it, but you know, it's out there now, but that's with season two, I really just pumped it up and just sort of had the, Jimmy Horror is leading you, the listener, around and on this adventure through this haunted house and just meeting all these different characters. Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely a progression that's worked really well. Absolutely. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say as well, I'll, I'll bring this in now. Uh, I remember when me and you were both discussed uh, before now online, we both discussed the, the role doll uh thing with myself where I was saying to you about a uh horror anthology series that he used to do in the 70s and the early 80s called and it was in the UK called Tales of the Unexpected and you were saying that you you were a big fan of Roald Dahl yourself 
Yeah, so like it's not something that I grew up with. It's Roald Dahl was something that I had sort of read some stuff later on because uh, getting back into writing, I'm just going back through sort of these great writers and he's just always a name that's out there. But I do, I have seen, like I remember I, actually before this, I think it was yesterday, I was like, oh, I think I've watched that show and I typed it into YouTube and and uh, found an episode and watched it. I was like, yeah, I do remember. Like my my memory is horrible. Um, but yes, I do remember watching that show when I was younger and him sitting in the armchair. And <laughs> I just, yeah, I really love that. It starts to tell you the story. Yeah, I love having that, to go um, into it. Yeah. that host that sort of guides you in. And I think I subconsciously took that, you know, like that's not a new idea at all. But so I really like that concept of just having that host that sort of you know, leads you through and uh, like the storyteller. Jim Henson's the storyteller. Like that was great yes. as well. Yeah, you know. But my wife and I, we we watch that at least once a year. Like we'll we'll chuck it on. And we we recently watched the one that was about Greek myths, and it's not as good, but it's still pretty good. Wow. So, have you got five top? You know, if if you got five writers that are your favourite writers, would you say? It's a very hard question, Marv. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think I've mentioned a couple of them already. Like Raymond Feist would yep. probably be – it's really hard to pick my number one because I grew up with Raymond and so he sort of – you know, I feel like he shaped the person that I am, you know, because he's got so many books. He's got like 50-something books. and uh, But that's a fantasy author, you know. Um Stephen King now is probably my favourite author. Like I, I sniff out all the hardcovers I can find, and I'm always on, you know, Facebook Marketplace chasing them down. And uh, in my office, I should have turned my camera on to show you. In my office behind me, I've got, you know, a whole bookcase. Uh, I've got like three bookcases. One of them is just mostly Stephen King at the moment. I've actually got uh, an artist friend of okay. mine making me a. Have you ever heard of book nooks? It's like a diorama yeah. that goes, yeah. yeah, he's making me a Stephen King-inspired book nook and he he let me sort of help with the creative process. So I can't wait for that. To, it's going to go in between some of my books. But, yeah, Stephen King's definitely up there. Um, Anne Rice, who I mentioned before. So sort of in my yeah. 20s, I was just in love with her characters. Um, you know, like and it, it, the way that, people explain it's like the saddest vampires around and yeah, it just really, I don't know. It just really hit me. Her characters like Lestat and, and all of them. Um, but yeah, she, she's probably in my top five. Uh, Bram Stoker has got to be there. These are all sort of cliche yeah. answers, aren't they? <laughs> but uh, they are the most influential. Like I collect Dracula books whenever i see a copy that i don't have i yeah. pick it up so and just the way that that is written in you know epistolary like in in letters that was just yeah uh, it blew my mind the way that that's written and how it can just evoke still so many images uh it's just very great writing and edgar Allan poe 
who was on your list that you sent me. Yep. Love Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Mask of the Red yep. Death is probably my favourite piece of his. Um, you know, Telltale Heart, Raven. Also a good film. Yeah. And so I, Edgar Allan Poe, yeah, just the way he writes, the images that he can evoke, just brilliant, so gothic and... Yeah, so that's probably five. There's so many more. There's so many more. My bookcases can attest to that. Like I, I'm also a big fan of sci-fi as well. And so Ursula K. Le Guin, Philip K. Dick, you know. But, yeah, I'll stop rambling. But those are sort of my favourites. I, I love reading uh, Philip K. Dick because he's not, um, he's not the most, should we say, <laughs> I'm not. He's, he's more of an ideas writer than he yeah. is a big long novelist, should we yeah, say? That's it. He, but his ideas are like nobody else's. Oh, exactly. It's fascinating exactly. to read, and then Definitely. to see how filmmakers expand on that and make films out of it is just wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he's not the best writer, but the ideas that he came up with were just crazy. I, th- I think it's possible that maybe Philip K. Dick, his his ideas were so frequent that he didn't really have the time to flesh them out, expand that much further. Perhaps his ideas were that quick that he just had to push them out <laughs> because they were coming that quickly in his head that he just had to keep going and going and going, like almost like a conveyor belt of, of ideas. ideas. Yeah. Oh, I wish I was like that. Yeah. <laughs> You and me both. Mm. So when you record your show then, mm-hmm. when you do all the voices, do you do different takes? So you do the normal voice in one and then you do all the other voices as separate? So I will, yeah, I, I do do the sort of intro separate. The narration I sort of try to get in one sitting. Um, if there's different characters in there, I'll try and do it at the same point so i'll you know switch voices up there um but then i'm when i'm going through that whole editing process of that narration i'll listen to it and see if it interacts well because uh, sometimes it can just seem a bit wooden and forced so then i'll just re-record certain lines that need to be done um but yeah that's usually how i do it with when i get other guys to do it you know literally just get all their files chuck them all in and and slowly start from the start of the story and just cut them cut them together very time consuming process and the music that you've got in the background and all the sound effects mm-hmm. are they yourself or have you found them from places i wish i had the time i 100% i wish i had the time i actually bought <laughs> a um, keyboard my wife yelled at me for buying it because it was very expensive. Because, yeah, so I wanted to do my own sort of, you know, drones and and stuff like that and put my own music into it. But oh, it, would, it would literally, because I'm on a weekly uh, release schedule, there's no way that I could write the music uh, in that in that time. But uh, there's plenty of, plenty of sites out there that, you know, you pay a licensing fee and you can use their their music and and sound effects and stuff like that so i utilize them i got hundreds of thousands of effects you don't do your own foley work or anything i do do some foley work like if i need something specific i do have a field recorder that's um yeah i'll go out and get specific effects 
but um, overall, the music and the drones and stuff like that, that's all I get. I license them. Um, but yeah, a lot of the Foley stuff I do do, it, like time permitting, obviously, but um, yeah. So how, how do you choose the stories then to um, to to read? Because, I mean, initially the first story, I believe, was one of your own, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so I put out, you know, a call for submissions and uh, I just left it open, which was a silly idea on my behalf. <laughs> but I left it open the whole time during the whole of season one and even, you know, five episodes in for season two. It, I just had submissions coming in and in and in so yeah that's that's obviously a whole nother process uh with this like the slush pile is what like what everyone calls it and just reading all the stories and just really trying to find the ones that you know that might have sort of a different idea um something that just really like i don't know just captures your attention or i try and find stories where the characters just really shine um but yeah it 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 takes a while because the you know you get hundreds of stories sent to you and i'm so grateful for that that people you know trust me to you know take their blood sweat and tears that they've put into this piece of work and and make it into you know and into this audio format i feel so privileged and and that's why you know i i read every single story and you know, unfortunately, I can't give any, you know, feedback to a lot of them. Um, sometimes, like, there has been instances where someone has written a story and I, I really just, I don't know, I vibe with that writer, their style of writing, but the story just didn't work. And there's been a few that I've gone back to them and say, hey, look, you know, I really love your writing style but I don't think this story would suit the podcast. Do you have anything else? And yeah, and they've come back with another story and, and that suited really well. So yeah, that's sort of the process though, like lots and lots of reading. <laughs> so have you built up relationships then with these uh, with these writers and friendships? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, one thing I love is when they come back and, they, and they've listened to the episode, you know, they've listened to the episode and they're like, I forgot that this was my story while I was listening to it. That's that to me is like, yep, job well done, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, a lot of these writers have just been, yeah, I I have I built some good relationships, and that was part of the reason I started this in the first place to get into the industry, meet some people all around the world, you know, um, just sort of meet some people that potentially you know I can riff off and and. Um, <laughs> you know, find some contacts that we can potentially switch stories and give each other feedback. And it's really hard to find good feedback on your writing these days. So, but yeah, I've definitely made some really good relationships with some people. It's always great when you, when you make friendships with people and you you get that back and forth rapport with each other. It's, um, yeah, it's, yeah. Like I moved out into the country um, in the state that I live in, in Australia. Like I moved out to the country. So there's not really like my, I've got one little street, you know, it's got a tiny little, wouldn't even call it a supermarket. It's like a, it's just a little market, you know? So I don't really know anyone around here. Uh, A lot of my friends live on the other far side of the city. So it's not like I 
go out or anything. So just having, you know, these people and especially all around the world that, you know, you talk to and you just meet so many interesting people. Like even your podcast, I, I've been listening to it. It's just, wow, thank you. I love, yeah, just the way you talk to these people yeah. and it's, it's great. I love it. And even my interactions with you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm trying to um, be respectful of people. It's why, you, you know, I'll, I've said to yourself and I've said to other people, I'll, I will always make sure that I check out people's shows a good good number of times before, mm. you know, because it's, it's almost presumptuous expecting people to just say, yeah, I'll be on your show without you. Yeah, I'd feel bad just saying to them. I'd feel bad asking them without listening to them first and doing my, you know, doing my homework, should we say. <laughs> yeah. No, you've definitely, like, you'll tag me when you're listening to the show. You, you're really ripping through the episodes, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to turn people onto these to these shows, basically, and saying to people, you know, oh, you, you know, I'm listening to this. It might be right up your street because I think a friend of mine who's a horror writer, he also mm-hmm. listens to your show, but I'm not sure whether he listens to it because I was listening to it or whether he already was. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Luke. Yep. Uh, ah, it's been great because he, yeah, he yeah. actually tagged you, didn't he? I think before I. <laughs> before I tagged you, you in the Sorry? post, he tagged you first. I think he tagged you in the Instagram post as a response to me posting about listening to you. Oh, did he? And, and he, <laughs> he did it before. Before I, he did it before I actually uh, before I tagged you. Right. So there you go. But uh, it's 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 weird that that actually you know where you'll do, do you look at where people listen to your show from. Yeah, like, uh, you know, some of these uh, places that you can host your your podcast, you know, some of them have really bad stats and just aren't very good and sometimes you've got to pay for a bit more. But, yeah, like um, mine has a map. It's got a map of the world and shows me all the countries. I don't know how many countries that I've been listened to in, but um, there's quite a few. It, it surprises me. A large majority of them are from America. And then obviously I've got probably uh, the next biggest is Australia because, you know, me, you know, telling my friends they better listen to my podcast or else. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah the, so the next biggest one is um, America. Uh, sorry, Australia. But, yeah, but some of the, the remotest places, like oh, what, was, what was one of them? Like Venezuela. Just, yeah, it's it's just amazing how far, you know, like my little podcast, uh, you know, I spend hours in the dark in my room making up these voices and, you know, telling these stories and it just can go to every corner of the globe and, you know, entertain people. It, yeah, it's it's great. It's a good feeling. It is. So what do you actually record the show with then and then edit it with? What do, what do you use? What gear? Um, <laughs> yeah, of, what gear? Uh, yeah, and you know, software, etc. A lot of sound producers will probably curse my name when they hear me say this, but I've got a a Yeti, a Blue Yeti X, um, that I use. That's you know, it's it's a good introductory one. It's good. I find it does the job for narration work. If I was to do, say, a a podcast like yours, where it's interview and stuff like yeah. that, I don't think it would be suitable, but yeah, really, it picks up. It's got multi functions on it and everything, so I can use it 
it is like it's it's versatile and it and it does the job really well. I'm thinking of getting a a sure mic soon, but you know that's like eight hundred dollars Australian, which is you know it's a yeah. decent outlay. Don't mind the fact that I spent you know sixteen hundred dollars on a keyboard, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that's what I use for my microphone, and I use Adobe Audition um, to edit. That's just the first like I was doing some video work for uni and I had access to Premiere Pro um and I had the whole suite on my computer and then I just started playing around with Audition and and just yeah use that so now I'm really used to that when I first started to do things it just took me so long you know it's just one of those things like what program do you use I use, uh, I, ironically, I use a piece, a piece of software called Reaper. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. People really recommend Reaper, um, as, like yeah. over, you know, Adobe Audition because everyone's like, Adobe Audition's really expensive and it always crashes and stuff like that. But I've never had trouble with it crashing and it's just what I'm used to. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Reaper, I, I, I should check it out. But, yeah, that's what I use for yeah. that absolutely named as well <laughs> yes uh but that's pretty much all i have gear wise like you know i've got a pop filter and my my boom arm but but that's pretty much it and yeah obviously my laptop but uh it's amazing what you can do with just a couple of a couple of things and the, the production quality I, di- I didn't think i was going to get very good production quality like it's i don't sound treat my room at all no, maybe the books absorb some of the sound. I don't know, but uh, it, it turns out pretty good. So, do you use any effects on your voice to to make some of the voices? Or is yeah, that just... I do. I do definitely. Yeah, um, I use some compression, and I just literally I YouTubed how to make my voice sound better. And <laughs> um, there's this guy. His name's uh, what's his name? Dave Russell, I think, on YouTube. He's been doing Adobe Audition stuff for years and years and years. And anything you type in to into YouTube and type Audition, his face will pop up. And uh, I just followed some of his tutor- tutorials and he's he's taught me everything I know for free. It's been great. <laughs> I've just had to be patient. That guy could make so much money if he, if he wanted. <laughs> Well, yeah, he's got he's got a class and everything, but uh, I'm a cheapskate. I'll just take his free videos, thanks. Won't we all? Won't we all? Tell me what I was going to say. So, so when you, when you write stories, then do you um, do you have a set way to write stories, or do you just let the uh, inspiration come to you? That's a great question. Um, I. I'm not a pantser, which is, I don't know if you know what a pantser is, uh, just essentially just vomit on the keyboard, essentially just get the idea out on the paper. That's not usually my deal. I usually like to plan everything out. One main piece of feedback I get from my teachers is that you really seem to know what you're trying to write. Like you really know what you're writing and that's because i plan and plan and plan i'll a lot of people say that takes the creativity out of it like the love of it out of it but that's how i prefer to do it 
it's definitely not the way Stephen King does it. He definitely just sits there and writes it and lets, you know, the muse tell the story. But um, I do like to plan. If I'm writing some short stories, though, sometimes I'll have a basic idea and I won't know where it's going. But mostly if it's something a bit longer, like if it's like a 6,000 word piece or something like that, I will. Um, I've got this giant whiteboard that takes up like one whole wall in my office when I've got it in here. And I'll just write out dot points of, um, you know, who dies, who lives, you know, like where the story's going to go. And yeah, and that's usually how I do my longer pieces. Yeah, it's like your your storyboarding, which is my uh, that that I sent to you, is me. My bullet points are their points yeah, that you exactly. that you have to hit in that story. But everything, yeah, everything around those bullet points is is extra yeah. and made up there on the spot, which is where the creativity comes. from. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. Yeah, I don't like Stephen King. I, <laughs> the the way that his stories end up it's like how was that not planned you know like yeah. it's, it's just magic and neil gaiman neil gaiman he says it oh, i saw it what did he say he's like you know you're you're editing your your second edit is where the magic happens because you make the reader um feel like you knew what you were doing the whole time and it's <laughs> it's brilliant i love it but there's a lot of writers like that. I mean, I don't, I don't think that Terry Pratchett used to mm. plan any of his writing, I don't think. I think he just used to sit down and write, and that yeah. was it. Yeah, a lot, a lot yeah of it's these, amazing. A lot uh, of these how... people, they just write and write and write, and there's so many books out there by them as well, and they're making them up on the spot, and you think, mm. how, have they, how have they been able to do that? Yeah. Yeah. And just maintain so many different story arcs through these books. And uh, yeah, I've never tried it like a longer piece. I've never tried to just sit there and write it from A to Z. Like I've, maybe, maybe that can be a challenge for me this year, <laughs> write a longer form piece and, and just not plan anything and see how it goes. Because yeah, look, some of the greatest writers out there do it. Well, a lot of them do, you know, so they must be doing something right. Well, Stephen King does that a lot. He challenges himself because uh, the Green Mile was uh, was a challenge, wasn't it? Wasn't that mm. sort of like uh, he, he released it? In, he wrote it in part, in parts that he put out or something in per each month or yeah, it was yeah, it was in a journal or something like that. It was just a short, yeah. He broke it up into multiple pieces. That's right. But before he started that, he didn't know what actually it was going to be about or anything. He just made it up and then. So he wrote the first part, put mm. that out. Then he wrote the second part, put that out the next month. And but he never knew from the beginning any of those points that he'd hit during all those parts. And it's just how did he make something that's so that's so together as a piece? How did he do that? Yeah, in that way, it, it, it amazes me. It's, it's it amazes me. Bewildering. Mm. he's he's very much for that like just writing it characters go where they want to go you know um he he always because i love having a notepad and so many writers love having a notepad and they can write down you know if they're out on the run they can write down a little quick idea or whatever but um yeah stephen king says that having a notepad as a writer is a good way to immortalize bad ideas 
<laughs> it's it just shows every writer's different, yeah. you know. Like, um, but yeah, I love having a, a notepad because uh, you should see some of these notepads. Are just I'll put a notepad next to the bed, and I will wake up in the middle of the night, and you know it's the hardest thing trying to write down an idea while you're half asleep. And more often than not, I'll wake up in the morning and I'll go to read it, and I'm like, what? is this i can't even it's not even decipherable half the time <laughs> but i try so hard to get these ideas out um because yeah you know you're dreaming dreaming you have the best ideas yeah. and uh and sometimes you'll you'll have a dream and it's like oh this is a great idea like you wake up you write it down and the next morning you read it and you're like what a story about you walk down to the shop and you know bought a drink like there's nothing good about this but the yeah. dream was amazing you know <laughs> but um yeah well, I, I keep I keep a dream I keep a dream journal actually. So if I wake up and I remember a dream, I will write it out in that book. So uh, yeah, I wish I, I did that. It. I wish I did that. But, um, Dreams are crazy. There's got to be more meaning behind them, you know. But I, I'm one of those who has a notebook everywhere as well because I, I write songs. So I will have a notebook. Oh, brilliant! There's, there's one at the side of the bed, uh, on the bedside cabinet. There's one in the kitchen, one in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. I think I've even probably got one near the toilet, I think, as well. And, yeah. and then I just, just write these sort <laughs> you of like... best thinking on the toilet. <laughs> so they say. <laughs> but uh, so sometimes I might suddenly get an idea and think, oh, what about that? And then I'll write that down. And then, but, but then you have to try and go back to these things and think, okay, that's good. Where do I go from there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly so what other podcasts do you actually listen to jimmy um so i'm massive fan of audio dramas so the i am listening to what's the name of the company why is it evading my brain right now um, I can't think of it. The the podcast that they do, like their most re- well, one of their most recent one is Baraska, okay. uh, which is based on someone's um, story, but they made it into a, a full cast audio drama. That's and that's great. Um, what else am I listening to? I all these guys that have been doing these voices for me, I'm listening to all of their podcasts and it's, I never used to be into that much into the paranormal stuff. Cause a lot of these guys do have all these paranormal uh, podcasts, but I'm just finding it so interesting. It's yeah. Like Xander and stone podcasts. Yep. He Xander is great. He voices the Butler for me. Uh, he's got actually this week, um, which yeah, he's 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 doing some narration for me, like a whole story. But yeah, he, his voice is intoxicating as the butler. Yeah, terrifyingly well, evil. Well, it, he's he's, um, he's a professional voiceover. He's done voiceover work professionally before, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. so blessed that he it was willing to be a recurring character. But, uh, yeah. So so yeah, I was saying J- Jenna Stone has as well. She's done voiceover work professionally as well. Oh, has she? I didn't know that. But yeah, their show is good. They they work well together. They riff off each other really well. 
other other shows as well because you you listen to other uh, um, story shows as well, aren't you? I think. Yeah. So the other stories is an, a big one. Tales to Terrify is another a great um, short story podcast that I listen to. I'm actually doing some recording for a story for them soon. Um, I've done some voiceover work for the other stories as well. And I'm so, it was, it made my day. It made my day that when they, cause I sort of approached them as this little podcast, you know, and I'm like, Hey guys, you know, you inspired me to start my own. And, and, you know, I was wondering if we could, you know, like if potentially, you know, maybe I could do some voiceover for you. And yeah, they've really, they've sort of taken me on as a narrator and I've done a couple of episodes for them now. So, um, and they're really helping push my show out there as well. They've given me some call outs on their show and, and um, it's really boosted my numbers a lot. I'm really appreciative of them. <clears throat> uh, no Sleep Podcast is a no-brainer. That's probably one of the one of the longest-running um, horror podcasts out there. And I didn't like it at first, but uh, I'm really getting into it these these days. And they just have so much material there. There's so much back catalogue that I'm just trying to get through it. It's just too much. <laughs> But yeah, the, what else? What else? There's so many. There's so many podcasts out there. There are. There are. I've seen somebody when. Uh, and when you I, listen to a lot. I, I do. I do. It stops me from being bored at work. <laughs> so do you also, work night shift or something? I work night shifts. Yep. Yeah. I, I drive around in a van, checking sites and doing alarm response. And while I'm driving, I listen to other people's uh, podcasts. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah, my brother-in-law's a copper, a policeman. Um, yeah, he loves it. He loves listening to my podcast when he's like in the car, just you know, sitting there <laughs> on a stakeout or something. But yeah, another podcast that I listen to is Tiny Tales. I actually through the person that wrote Circle Route, which is episode two of season one, uh, Jamie Munro. He got me in touch with um, Re Rule. She's an author. And she has a podcast where uh, her and, a, and a, a nice gentleman have their own podcast and he actually does all his own music. It baffles me. Like they're, they're both so talented. She's an amazing writer. And so she'll write a story and do the narration and then he'll just add this writing underneath, uh, music underneath it. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, kudos to them because I wish I could do it. I'm jealous of their talent. I think you do a really uh, great job personally. I, th- I think it's a great show. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, I obviously enjoy it because I'm, I'm always listening to it. Yeah, exactly. You're still listening. <laughs> I am still listening. I'm going to carry on listening and get up to date and keep listening. It's my necessary listening. Oh, I can't now, wait for is. you to... Oh, oh, great. Thank you. I can't wait for you to get to season two because I just I'm really proud of the the story that I'm putting behind it uh, because uh, I feel like in the the first season because there's so many episodes just sort of those intros became a bit same same but I'm I try to mix it up a lot in season two and yeah I can't wait for you to get to there. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to keep going, like I said. So what advice would you give to people starting their own podcast for the first time? Oh, hmm. I 
don't feel qualified to give advice. <laughs> um, well, one of the main things for me when I wanted to start something, because I wanted to start something for like a year, but I was sort of too scared to for a time and sort of like how, because, you know, I would, I could write, but sound production, all that sort of thing was just foreign to me. But um, some of the main things I did was just obviously listen to a lot of podcasts in the same, a similar style that you want to take notes, like see what you like about them, see what what, what sounds good, what you can essentially pillage and steal, how not their material, but just the like the styles and everything like that. But then you go after that, you take all that information away and like, okay, I've sort of got the basis of what I want. And then you're just going to try and find a way to make it your own and make it a little bit unique because it's really hard to stand out in uh, the podcasting world. And with COVID coming down, like the, the growth of podcasting is exponentially growing. Like it was, it's already a growing, um, a growing thing and yeah with COVID everybody had this spare time and it's just so many new podcasts out there it's great it's been great for for all of it but yeah that's probably one of the main things like you know try and find a thing that'll make you unique and always listen to other shows always try and make it better um make sure you've got a passion for it because when it becomes work it's yeah, you've really got to have a passion for it. it. It takes a long time to find any sort of traction with your podcast, especially, and it can be so deflating at first, you know. Yeah, at first you're like, you'll release an episode. I'm like, yes, I've got 10 people that listen to my podcast. That's like, that's amazing. But, you know, you release 10 episodes or something and you're like, yes, I've got 10 people listening to my podcast. It can, it can get quite deflating at times. And, but as long as you're enjoying it and, it, it's giving something back to you. It's like getting your creative side out there. I think those are the people that really push through and, and get success because you can really see passion uh, in someone's podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, Jimmy, where can people find you and where can people get hold of you? Uh, people can find us at www.nightsendpodcast.com. Uh, on there is pretty much everything. If anyone wants to submit, uh, we have different sorts of submissions going on there. Uh, the competitions. I even recently started a horror themed clothing called Stay Horrific. And uh, that's all on the website as well. If people want to check that out. Um, on Instagram, it's at nightsendpodcasts. And that's sort of our main our main um, social media uh, or if they want to maybe follow me and my personal writing journey, because that's only sort of st- just starting and uh, they can get me at, at Jimmy horrors on Insta and Twitter. Cool. All right. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Thanks for talking with me today. Thanks, Marv. Thank you very much. Speak to you later. Bye. Thanks. And thank you everybody for listening and hope you listen again to another episode of Pods Like Us.
Hello. Oh, hello. Hi. Sorry, I just my I, this is a new headset that I haven't used before. So. Okay. How you doing, Marv? I'm okay. I'm okay. I thought you were going to go into the Jimmy Horrors voice then. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy. It's strange, you know, because you talk to these people and they're like, you, you listen to the shows and then you're talking to them and it's like, it's it really so different. It is, yeah. But also, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you're taking part in their show or you're, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, my, yeah. It's when I first started the podcast, uh, yeah, my voice, I hated it. I hated it and just, yeah, as you edit your voice over hours and hours, you just get used to it and you end up liking your own voice. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a bit like a, oh, what's it complex, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, how's things over there? So you've, uh, you've basically eradicated COVID altogether over there then? It seems that way. Like, there's still cases in the country, obviously, but um, yeah, the I think the government's just uh, come out today and said, "Yep, we're lifting all restrictions from going back to work." So much to everyone's dismay, that <laughs> people aren't going to be able to work from home uh, as much anymore. And I really would have thought that a lot of businesses would have taken stock in the fact that you know people have been just as productive at home, and but. My company certainly hasn't, the one that I work for. And they're pretty much saying, that ah, everyone back to work. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, I mean, the thing is they've they've realised or they should have realised that they can work or have most a lot of their staff work from home. So they could actually utilise that for the future, but they obviously don't seem to be doing. Oh, 100%. You could, you know, lower your overheads with your buildings and, and all of that sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, companies just don't trust their staff a lot of the time. But then again, they had that uh, one of the shows I was doing outside of the show. We were, t- we were talking, and they were saying about um, uh, there was a Zoom meeting or something, a conference, and uh, the conference wasn't due to start on Zoom for about ten fifteen minutes, and this guy had not realised that he'd. Uh, mm-hmm. He'd, he'd connected to the co- the meeting already, so he, he sort of got bored. And on a computer <laughs> at the side, he was watching porn. Oh, no. <laughs> and uh, he got Jesus. carried away with the porn, shall we say, and he was on, he was on camera getting oh. carried away. <laughs> like, t- Jesus. <laughs> oh, that's, that's terrible. Like, come on, man. Like, you, you put yourself in a meeting. Like, that's talking about getting way too comfortable <laughs> like i just yeah did he forget that he had put himself in the work meeting <laughs> i think i think so yeah, yeah. But, the, uh, but all the others could actually see him on the camera you see on the on the feed Didn't yeah you? oh god the cat one's pretty good the court have you seen it no i'm not a no. cat no i've not seen that no oh, you have you have to watch it. It's it's an, a court case over Zoom, yeah. And uh, there's a, a barrister or a or a or a lawyer or something. He's somehow managed to put a cat filter on himself, so he looked like a cat. 
okay. and the judge is like, uh, sorry, but you've, you've got a cat filter on. And it's just real awkward and like the eyes of this cat just darting around because he's like, yes, my assistant's trying to turn it off. Like, we don't know how this has <laughs> happened. And he's like, I'm not a cat. And he's like, the judge is like, yep. I can see that. I can see you're not a cat. That's that's the funniest thing. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Oh, it's uh, like the, the neck, the new viral thing at the moment. <clears throat> but we wouldn't be able to do these sort of shows without that technology, would we? You know, yeah. I suppose. Exactly right. Yes. And uh, me working from home is uh, I've been able to create this show. Like it's given me the extra yeah. time. So, so is it going to cause trouble for you now then having to go back to work? Is that going to make it more difficult to do the show? Um, uh, I think it will. Uh, <laughs> I've actually been given a, a bit of a promotion too, like um, covering for another person. And so, but no, look, I, I've, I'll make the time. Like I've yeah. got quite a few episodes in, in reserve and, and um yeah, I'm taking a larger break than I did between season one and season two uh, this time because I only took like four weeks, I think, and then went yeah. straight back into it. So I've had like 43 episodes or 42 episodes in, you know, 46 weeks or something like that. It's wow. just been crazy. Very fun, but yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of work. And I can only imagine how long it takes other podcasts to create. Like mine's mine only go between, you know, 10 to... 25 minutes yeah usually it's around the 15 minute mark and the amount of work i put into each show and just the amount of time like just how much time it takes it's yeah i can only imagine people that have hour-long shows and stuff like that it just baffles me how they how people find the time i suppose a lot of those shows they have a you know a team of people whereas it's just me here yep same here same here we'll get into that in the main body of the show so, yeah, <laughs> we'll go into that. Did, did you? I did send you the notes, didn't I, for you to look at? Yeah, yeah, I've I've yeah. written out some notes. I've written out some notes, just some cues for myself with my incredibly bad artwork. <laughs> nah, it's it's good. I liked yeah. it. I like the little river sticks picture. Yep, and that's supposed to be an oar in his hand in the water. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit dubious what that was. <laughs> oh, yeah, it could be something else. Maybe he was on a Zoom meeting for work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. This is going in the post show. <laughs> for sure. I thought I'd do a list of people who were like famous writers in the horror genre as well at the side. I don't know why I did that, but ah, uh, yeah, I did see that. Uh, a lot of my favourites are in there. That's cool. We'll get we'll get into that. So um, let's get started then. Okay. Yeah, no worries. Okay. So, was there anything uh, that I, that we need to pick up on, Jimmy, or do you think we've got all the points and everything? Um, no, I think that's it. You went the advice listening. It's all about, you know, introducing everybody to your show so that know what... Yeah, you covered everything in that. Yeah. Well, I, I've rambled on a bit. <laughs> it was a good chat, though. It was lovely talking with you. Great. 
All right, Matt. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Jimmy. And I'll be in touch with you, I'm sure. Thank you very much. You take Thanks care. Thanks very much. Stay safe. Take care. Bye. Bye. You too.